every seven years, we replace about half of our friends. That tells me we better learn the skill of making new friends because it's not something that expires after high school. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast where we shift your WTF moments into WTL moments and learn together how to transform your life and relationships through social-emotional learning. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, social-emotional learning experts and the co-founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. In each episode, we'll explore the five competencies of SEL, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making, and share practical tips, stories, and strategies for building these skills in ourselves and others. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just looking to improve your own social-emotional well-being, this podcast is for you. Join us as we navigate the exciting and sometimes challenging world of SEL and discover the power that emotional intelligence has to transform our lives and communities. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the What's the Lesson podcast with your girls, Jill and Mary. Mary. <laughs> we like to say this is where we like to take our WTF moments and turn them into WTL moments. So what is the lesson that you are deriving from the challenges that you are butting up against on a daily basis? And we are actually very excited for this episode because friendship, relationships, number one, at least top three issues that we deal with, with the girls that we coach. It pops up every single conversation around what they are struggling with. And that is making friends, sustaining friendships, learning how to be a good friend. And much like all of the relationships we've found or fostered, this one came by way of TikTok. So um, <laughs> super pumped to have run across a couple of incredible videos that I liked, sent to Jill right away, and was like, "Oh my god, this girl's awesome! We need to we need to follow her. We need, we need to, to be friends, be friends, whatever that looks like." Um, but we have the friendship expert on the show today, Danielle Jackson. Welcome to What's the Lesson, and thank you for showing up for us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to dive in. Let's do it. I'm um, excited to have you. Will you give our listeners just a background of what a friendship expert is and how you've taken that title and used it to serve your demographic of people? Yeah, I appreciate that question. You know, I call myself a friendship coach and educator because my background started in education. I went to school for it at the University of Florida. I was a high school teacher for six years, and then I worked my way up to an academic chair. And so between classes and after class, young ladies would come to me, my students. And I didn't understand at the time that I was coaching them through it because I saw firsthand how their friendship issues were affecting everything else, their concentration in class, their academic performance, everything else, if their friendships weren't together. Um, and when I left the classroom, I got into public relations. And then it was like, here I am working with high achieving charismatic women, and they too are struggling in their friendships. And so I realized it doesn't matter what stage of womanhood you're in, we're all trying to figure it out. And so I spent a couple of years diving into the research. And today I come alongside people as a coach and I show them 
research-based strategies for creating and deepening their platonic connections. Woof. Okay. So you're saying if you had a Claire and a Susie in class and Claire was mad at Susie because Susie stole Claire's boyfriend, then neither one of them were achieving things academically that they needed to be focusing on in that moment. <laughs> Amen. I mean, it, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it, it, it's funny because there's like this research study from a, a while back and they were looking at young girls in the dormitories in college and they took a guess and they guessed how many whether it would be the girls or the guys who requested more room changes, like I want a different roommate request. <laughs> and it was the girls by far. And the list of reasons that they gave were everything from, oh, she leaves the light on and she's too loud. I don't like how she cooks. I don't like the smell. And I saw that reflected in the classroom. I mean, the the request for seat changes, they just seemed to be friends the day before. And then they're privately asking me like, hey, can you take me out of that group? I don't want to sit with her. But you were just sitting with her yesterday. And I know you two see that in the work that you do. And so the research does show that female friendships are more fragile. Now they're much deeper, but they're more fragile. And my thought is because we do love so hard and we do share our secrets with our friends and they know us well. And so it feels like even more of a betrayal when there's any kind of perceived transgression. And so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of tension sometimes. Well, and I love that you said that friendship is, it's a lifelong work. You have to practice your friendships and relationships um, your entire life. Like as grown women, we still have to practice and use strategies to maintain and foster and cultivate friendships. Where I feel like sometimes uh, young girls the girls that we work with, they look at older women, they're like, gosh, you have it so easy. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait to be an adult because (laughs) it just seems as though friendships are a lot easier for you. And I think that's such a myth that we need to bust to say that I know a ton of women our age that are still craving friendship. Mm -hmm. And when you get into a certain threshold of your life, it's harder to, to make those friends. Cause you're like, where do I find them? Like, I don't go to bars anymore. So like, mm-hmm. where do I, where do I cultivate and find these, these friendships? So I love that you called it out from the very beginning that it's women in general. It doesn't matter your age, that it is a practice. And I'm curious to know what are the strategies? Like, how do you help people answer the question of how do I make friends? Yeah. So hands down, without a doubt, that's the number one question is always like, how do I make friends? And it typically comes with some kind of qualifier. So it's always, you know, how do I make friends as a new mom? How do I make friends as a woman in a new city? How do I make friends as a, as a military spouse, as an introvert? And so we all want to know, how do I do this thing through the lens of my unique situation? And I hope that that shows us that we will always be having to make new friends. And so we might as well figure out now, like, what does that art look like and how do I manage it? Because it's not going away. Um, Especially when there's research that shows that every seven years, we replace about half of our friends. That tells me we better learn the skill of making new friends because it's not something that expires after high school. You, You will always need to know how to do that. So a couple like general tips around friend making for any age. The first is, to start with who you already know. Now, a lot of times people use make new friends and meet new people synonymously, but the two are not 
the same. Making friends refers to the art of cultivating something meaningful with another person. Who says that has to start from scratch? So a lot of us have that fantasy of meeting a straight, a total stranger and we hit it off and we're like, we're besties. But for a lot of us, I'm willing to bet you probably have some women in your life who are kind of cool, who maybe you haven't talked to in like a year because of whatever circumstances. Right. But for some reason, whether you feel like, oh, that, that ship has sailed, I've missed my moment with her or she, I don't want to bother her. We dismiss it and feel like we have to start over. But the best way to totally start is to start by rekindling something that kind of faded out. You know, um, that's one way to start because you already have history, maybe mutual friends. So why start from scratch? Uh, the second thing is to become a regular somewhere. A lot of times we romanticize the friendships that we used to have in school. It was so much easier, which is so funny because when I do talk to, to students, I'm like, oh, you guys don't know how good you have it. Uh, but, you know, so we just, it gets harder. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Golly. Um, and so, you know, we're like, oh, it was so much easier. And I, you know, friendship at every stage is complicated, but I think what we had at that time that we don't have anymore is repeated exposure. A lot of those people we made friends with simply because we saw them every day. Well, unfortunately, now that we have all these competing priorities, you know, maybe kids, maybe a partner, maybe a business we're trying to grow, we have a lot of things competing for our time. And so we tend to put friendship on the back burner, but creating manufacturing moments of repeated exposure. So if you work from home, maybe I can work outside the home every Friday morning for two hours. That's just what I commit to. Why? Because there are probably the same people there every Friday morning. And so they become familiar strangers and it becomes less intimidating to say, oh, hello. Or like, oh, you know, do you, I like your shirt or whatever, because I see your face all the time. So working at the gym, uh, you know, every, at the same time, every day, walking your dog kind of at the same time, because you see the same people or creatures of habit become a regular. And the last tip I would give is to enlist the help of a super connector. So these are people we know who thrive on bringing two people together. The person who's like, oh my God, Tiffany, you should meet my friend Maria. Like that person, even if they're not your <laughs> friend, just that person, yeah, text yeah. them or, or contact them with a message um, to with something to the effect of, hey, I'm trying to get plugged in. And I thought of you because you always seem to be knowing all the cool things to do. And I was just wondering, is there anything around town that you feel like is worth checking out because the subtext is I need new friends without having to say mm -hmm. it. And there are people who are happy to put you on to cool things, but you have to make the need known. But so many of us feel a shame around wanting new friends. And so we don't express our need, but how do you expect to get that need met if you're too embarrassed to share it with people? And so those are three things that can get us started kind of rekindling repeated exposure reaching out to super connectors. Those are ways to kind of get us plugged in that aren't so intimidating. Those are great. Um, I like to think of myself as a super connector. So I am here for connecting people <laughs> all the time. Um, and now knowing that that obviously is helping someone else become ingrained in a culture that they're unfamiliar with feels really good too. Something that we bump up against a lot, which I'm assuming is ingrained in elder women as well as pop culture. So we've got artists out here like Drake singing songs that he don't need no new friends, right? We've got movies like Mean Girls who are showcasing that we can be friends front facing but behind someone's back we're, we're gonna frenemies. we're frenemies we're gonna tell you how ugly 
your skirt is, but we're not going to say it to you. We're going to say it after you leave. So girls, the age range we work with see that they are repeatedly exposed to messaging like that. And it shows up in their friendships and the way that they navigate hard times and conflict. Do you still see that in older women as well? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think that's for a, a lot of different reasons. There's some research that suggests, you know, we all compete for resources that we've been doing it. That's how we got to be here. And that for women, our resources are connections. There is nothing we fear more than being cut off from our resources, those resources being relationships. And so the whole mean girl thing where you, you know, divide and conquer, or you put this girl, you know, against this girl, or you give the silent treatment. I mean, all of that damages connection. So if I'm gossiping about you, I'm tarnishing your reputation, which is going to affect how people want to connect with you or not. If they know certain things about you, if I give you the silent treatment, I'm cutting off connection with you because that's something we really value. And so for a lot of girls, I've heard it said that the reason we're so good at being kind of witchy (laughs) is because it operates on the same radar as the emotional intelligence that we have, that there are two ends of the same spectrum. So that same skill that we have to just really be in tune with a friend who says she's fine, but you're like, no, no, you're not fine. Like you send something, you pick that up, that same radar is active when we know how to manipulate and, and, and use it for bad too. You know, how we can just kind of like crush psychologically. Um, and so unfortunately there are two, two sides of that skill of being very intuitive and being connectors. And some of us use that power for good. and, And sometimes we use it for evil, you know? I love that you said that because we teach through a framework called social emotional learning. And there's five competencies that really make up this framework that we get to go in and teach girls skills that they can develop in practice. And a couple of them that really are calling my attention right now are social awareness, Mm. um, self-awareness, and self-management. So those are three out of the five that right now I'm like, yeah, you can, you can visibly tell if someone isn't right. Mm-hmm. And if you are a friend or if you're trying to be friends with someone, it's like comforting them or going up to them and 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 seeing like, okay, I, I'm noticing your body language is totally mm-hmm. off. Are you okay? And just for that other person to feel seen and valued and appreciated, that might instantly connect them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that like that, having those type of skills, having that sense of awareness can be a good thing, but I also love that you called it out that it can also be a bad thing mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm an Enneagram eight. So I mm. would say that I have used that as right? a bad thing. <laughs> I totally have. I'm not, I'm, I have no shame in admitting that right? when I'm mad, I'm looking for somewhere to stick my thumb or it's like, you know what, I'm going to dig it in. She seems mad and you know what she hurt me before so I'm not well seen and I think that's why mm-hmm. we're all on this phone call because we've experienced these things mm-hmm. personally and want to turn around and say don't do that because it doesn't get you very far it doesn't 
right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky because to your point about being aware and, and since we know what makes a person feel seen, we know how to make you feel unseen and to make you feel yeah. invisible, which is any woman's worst nightmare. I mean, right. it, it even feels like an insult, like to not have friends. The girl doesn't have friends. It, it makes you wonder what's wrong with her. Is she not likable? She doesn't have a crew. She doesn't have alliances, you know? And so that is our resource is our connections. And so, um, so yeah, so we know how to, to work that for good or evil. Oh my gosh. If you were to give one piece of advice to moms. So if moms are listening to this and they, if you could give them a piece of advice for their daughters, what would you say around friendship? Um, oh gosh, I would encourage those moms to really take inventory of their own friendships and how that is sometimes projected in the advice that we give to our daughters. So for example, maybe our baby girl comes to us and she's saying that somebody's being mean to her and um, she's doing this annoying thing that makes her feel really bad. Our first thought might be, you know, well, you don't need friends like that. Cut her off for, or she said this rude thing. You cut her off. You don't talk to her anymore. And I understand that. And in some cases that is the only option is to run girl. But depending on what it is, maybe we're not teaching her from the beginning how to navigate healthy conflict. This is an opportunity for you to advocate for yourself, baby girl. You let her know, I don't like when you put your hands on me like that. I don't like when you call me names. I don't like that. You know, it's a chance for her to speak up for herself. And the answer might not always be run or cut her off or, you know, and so a lot of it comes from, we're trying to protect her, but we have a flash. I think some of us, like in that moment where we hear something or see something that she's going through a flash of what's happening in our own lives or what happened to us and maybe overcorrecting mm-hmm. because we want to protect her because we love her. But I would say just pay close attention to how your relationship with female friendship might be projected onto your daughter. And the opposite could be true too. If we are desperate for friends and desperate to be liked, are we training her to be a people pleaser and to do a bunch of nice things to earn affection from friends? And so when they still don't like us, we're like, well, well maybe, well, baby girl, you know, here, take them this gift or let's go over here, you know, because you're teaching her to earn being liked and to earn friendship. And so, you know, I think just being mindful of how our own attitude might impact her relationship with female friendship might be a good start. Thanks for edifying what we preach to our parents, because a lot of what we see is your kids are not you. They are an extension of you, but you're, Mm. you're not raising them from who you are. You're raising them from where they are. And I think that's an important distinction Mm. and not projecting what's going on in your life onto them or what has happened in your life onto them, because this is their own experience and they need to go through healthy conflict. I love that you pointed that out too. It's like, we often step in and want to save the day with our kids or mend friendships for them when we really, really, really need them to learn how to navigate those waters because we're not always going to be there to step in. Right. And then when they Mm. do need to come to us because they are in a conflict, it's like, well, they, mom, can you, can you just solve this problem for me? Because I actually don't have the skills to do it myself. And eventually our hope is that they do come to you, but what happens if they don't, then where do they turn to? Is it social media? Is Mm -hmm. it gaming? Is it YouTube? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, other distractions? 
So it is like, Mm -hmm. we have to be okay. Like even us as grown women, like we, we experience healthy conflict and that's, it's part of life. It's okay. And we need our kids to Mm -hmm. experience that too. Um, while being there without projecting our own insecurities or insecurities onto our, onto our kids. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm a total hypocrite though, because I want to like jump in. Like if oh, my kid tells me, me anything, I'm like, I'm like, I will solve this for you. <laughs> Say no more. I know where I, she I lives. <laughs> Do you need Auntie Mary to come to school with you? Because I will lay the smack down. I know we yeah. have those moments. We're human and that's okay too. It's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> with just a few minutes left, you have been really blowing up lately in terms of being on the news. I do believe you're in the middle of writing a book. Will you share some of the places that our audience can seek more of the work that you are putting out there in order to digest some of the goodness that you've got? Yeah. So everything lives at betterfemalefriendships.com. That's where there are courses and coaching and and resources and um, connections to the podcast that I do. Um, But I'm just so, uh, I feel very blessed to, to serve in a space where women feel safe enough to bring me some of their most personal issues. And there's nothing more personal, I think, than than friendship and bonding with another woman. And so um, so I'm happy to do this work. I'm so glad that you all are serving in this space as well. It's so necessary. And I'm so glad to be able to lend my voice to this conversation. We'll have all that available in our show notes. Absolutely. We appreciate your time so much. Yeah, no, I am just, I... It's cool because I'm raising two boys and I know that I can't raise them alone. And that's what we're trying to teach the families that we serve is you do not have to go through life alone. And there are incredible people in in our sphere of influence that we want to just bring attention to so that they also can reap the benefits of what you do. and know that, okay, if they have a question that there's people who are tried and true and trusted that you can really gain access to. So we're happy to build our network with you and surround ourselves with just awesome other women doing incredible work. So thank you for your time and your energy and what you do for this world, because we want more people to know that, hey, you know what? We're better together. And positive, healthy relationships can and do exist. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) so until next time you guys we will see you on the next episode of what's the lesson bye now we say this every time but wow what a powerful episode these conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired thank you thank you thank you for tuning in with us if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one of the following ways. By sharing this episode with a friend or tagging us on your social media, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review, or by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Geneva for girls and parents in the show notes. This is a place where we exchange ideas, pose questions, and provide support to each other. Until next time, you guys, remember, being able to shift our WTF moments and finding the lesson instead saves us time and mental energy.
And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.